We're going to get started in just a minute. But before we do, I want to talk to you about Anchor by Spotify. It is the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. This is what I use for my podcast, and it is fantastic. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome to the March or Die podcast. Glad to have you with us today. And before we jump into the episode, I want to ask you a question. As you look around the world and you see the chaos and the confusion and the frustration and the anxiety uh, that so many people are dealing with right now, and we are living at a a crazy moment in history, uh, politically divided, probably not more than at some other times in history, but certainly as much as at any other time in history, politically divided, We're dealing with the coronavirus and all that goes along with that, the health implications, the economic implications, and job and family, and uh, the anxiety and the things that are happening there. We're looking at the racial uh, chaos and and the confusion and so many questions and much division. All of this is happening in our country at the exact same time. And while good conversations are happening in each one of those areas, there are a lot of rabble-rousers. You know what a rabble-rouser is. There are people who are showing up to the conversation just to cause problems, right? On the political end, there are people who are stirring the pot just to cause problems. Uh, As it relates to coronavirus and and all the stuff that we're dealing with, people jumping in just to cause problems, uh, dealing with these issues of race and, and how we're going to navigate this and move forward, people jumping in just to cause problems. When you look at the people who are there only to cause problems, There's one thing that's always absent. There is one thing that is always absent. When there's chaos, confusion, frustration, anxiety, one thing is missing. We're going to talk about that one thing in just a moment. But before we do, if you're watching this live feed, this live stream, thank you for doing that wherever it is you're watching from. Appreciate you watching. Every Saturday morning at 10 o'clock, we do our best to uh, live stream this out, and I appreciate you watching. Uh, In a lot of ways, I feel like the live stream is an opportunity for me to open a window to me working. Uh, Doing a podcast, I I love the podcast format. We do a lot of video and other things. I like the podcast format because you can take it with you, and it's bite-sized. You can listen to it wherever you are. Uh, But the live stream is a good opportunity for you to watch that. Again, thank you for watching. If you have comments, questions, uh, whatever, drop those in the comment section, and uh, I'll do my best to answer those. Uh, For those of you that are listening elsewhere, thank you for listening. And for everyone, uh, really thankful to have the podcast available just about everywhere. You can listen to a podcast. Uh, A lot of great places. iHeartRadio, you can find the podcast there. Google Podcasts, Spotify and so many other places. Thank you for listening. Uh, Do me a favor. If you have not yet subscribed to these episodes, wherever it is, again, you listen to podcasts, do that. 
and uh, these episodes will shoot out to you every week. But every Saturday morning at 10 o'clock, I record and get these out, and I'm excited to be able to share this time with you. And this time, the March or Die podcast, of course, if you've listened to the last two episodes, and if you haven't, do it. Go listen to those. Uh, But if you have, you know that the purpose of this is to discuss this big question. How do you move forward when it feels like your world is falling apart? How do you move forward when it feels like your world is falling apart? Uh, We always will go through times. We will go through times. Hopefully not always. (laughs) We will go through times, all of us where we feel like our world is falling apart. It will happen in relationships. It will happen in work life. It will happen uh, somewhere else. It certainly, in many ways, is happening in our culture right now. So what do you do? How do you move forward when it seems like the world is falling apart? And that's what I do my best to answer each week. And can't answer the whole question, but give you some thoughts, some principles, some ideas for how you can move forward. This week, we're dealing with a topic that I believe is absolutely essential. When you look at the world around you and you look at those who are stirring the pot, causing the problems, the rabble-rousers, those who are showing up just to, uh, just to cause problems and just to cause friction and just to enable division, the one thing you see missing, if you can see something missing, the one thing that is always lacking is the issue we're going to talk about today, and it is that of personal responsibility. Personal Responsibility. The topic of this podcast episode is this, the importance of personal responsibility. And, and I wanted to come up with something a little catchier, uh, a little more creative, but I couldn't. <laughs> Why? Because personal responsibility is absolutely essential. But I did come up with a subtitle. In case you want a subtitle, you want something a little catchier, uh, here's the subtitle. Winners accept responsibility. Winners accept responsibility. Now, this isn't the high earner. This isn't the one who's driving the fancy car, living in the best house. That's, uh, that's not what I mean when I say winner. A winner is someone that lives their life to invest in others. A winner is someone that deals with traumas and trials and difficulties and obstacles, and they push through each of those. They get to the other side, and they move forward, taking people with them. Those are winners. They're people who invest their lives in something meaningful and come out on the other side with a legacy that is worth having. Winners. One thing that is common to all winners is that they accept responsibility. And I'll tell you what is common to those who only seek to cause division. A lack of personal responsibility. You know what we're seeing in our world right now in a big way? We're seeing a lot of people pointing fingers Uh, blaming others for whatever issue, whatever situation they happen to be dealing with that day. On each one of the things that I mentioned, and in so many other areas, there are people who don't want to find a solution. They simply want to assign blame. We see that happening all the time. There's a great story, and, and again, each week as we come together, I want to share a story that illustrates what we're talking about And uh, the story today is one that I'm happy to share with you. We, uh, myself and Chad Robichaud, the founder of Mighty Oaks Foundation, uh, Mighty Oaks, if you're unaware, is the organization that I work for. Uh, We work with veterans and active duty service members and families of military members uh, dealing with trauma, dealing with life trauma, trauma related to their service or combat trauma. That's what we do, and it's a great thing to be a part of. I'm thankful for it. One of the issues that we deal with is that of veteran suicide. 
More than 20 veterans a day take their lives. You, you know this. You're familiar with this. It's crazy. It is the pandemic that's going on right now, the one that's often not talked about. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, Chad and I were able to go to Washington, D.C., where the president was announcing uh, the official formation and the roadmap uh, of the Prevents Task Force. The Prevents Task Force is the president's task force created to prevent and, and really end veteran suicide. This was the official announcement, and in that they unrolled their roadmap or their plan for doing that. And it was great. We had the opportunity to go to D.C. and be a part of that. It was at the White House in the West Wing. This announcement was made. Just an amazing time, an awesome thing to be a part of, of course. While we were there, we were in the room before the president came in. Everyone was kind of milling about. It was a small group. A number of people that you would know walked in. One of those people was someone that has long been an individual that I would hold up as maybe a personal hero, certainly a role model, someone that I look up to, a person whose story I've told many times. I even wrote about it in one of the books that I wrote. And man, I love what this man stands for. He walked in the room and such a humble person, someone who doesn't come with a lot of fanfare, but when he walked in for me, Oh, wow. I was in the same room as Dr. Ben Carson. <laughs> Dr. Ben Carson, if you're not familiar with this story, you need to be. I'll tell you a little bit of it right now. But he is a, a, a man among men. He is someone that understands leadership and understands service and how those two come together. And he's given his life to service. Uh, Dr. Carson, in his biography, I want to read you a little bit of it, not because you need me to read to you, but because it's amazing. Some things that have happened in his life. Dr. Ben Carson became the director of pediatric neurosurgery at the John Hopkins Hospital in 1984 at age 33. <laughs> 33 years old. He was the youngest chief of pediatric neurosurgery in the United States. He was also a professor of neurosurgery, oncology, plastic surgery, and pediatrics at the John Hopkins School of Medicine. Dr. Carson's achievements include performing the only successful separation of conjoined twins, joined at the back of the head, performing the first successful neurosurgical procedure on a fetus inside the womb, performing the first completely successful separation of type 2 vertical craniopagus twins, developing new methods to treat brainstem tumors, and revitalizing, I'll get this word wrong, hemispherectomy techniques for controlling seizures. He wrote over 100 neurosurgical uh, publications. He retired from medicine in 2013. Dr. Carson has received numerous honors for his neurosurgery work, including more than 60 honorary doctorate degrees and numerous national merit citations. In 2001, he was named by CNN and Time Magazine as one of the nation's 20 foremost physicians and scientists and was selected by the Library of Congress as one of 89 living legends. What a great thing to be a part of, the living legends. On its 200th anniversary, in 2008, Carson was bestowed the Presidential Medal of Freedom, the highest civilian award in the United States. What an amazing man of accomplishment. Currently, he sits in the president's cab cabinet as secretary of HUD, of the Housing and Urban Development, and uh, again, just, just continuing his life of service, an incredible human being. Now, when, when you hear a story like that of Dr. Carson's, I don't know what you think of. Uh, I tend to view things from my own experience, <laughs> and so sometimes uh, I'll look at the things that someone like him has done, and I'll, I'll, I'll say something like this, maybe not 
uh, outside, but on the inside, internally, I'll say, man, he must have come from a place of privilege. He must have been raised in a wealthy home. Maybe he had some advantages that other people didn't have. Certainly he had advantages that I have not had because I could do exactly what he's done if it weren't for uh, his advantages and my lack thereof. (laughs) What a funny thing to think. Uh, We like to discount what others have been through. Dr. Carson is not someone who had every advantage in the world. Uh, Clearly extremely intelligent, a very high IQ, uh, well beyond gifted. But in his life, he was not someone who had all of the advantages. In fact, he was raised in a very poor life situation. His mom, Dr. Carson's mom and dad, married when his mother was, eight, uh, was 13 years old. 13 years old. A very poor community in Tennessee. They married young and had two children young, Dr. Carson and his brother. Uh, they would move to Detroit, Michigan, again, uh, an impoverished situation, a very difficult living situation. Things weren't perfect, and eventually, Dr. Carson's mother and father separated and then divorced. In order to make ends meet, uh, his mom would work every job that she could and, and do the best she could to get things together, uh, cleaning houses and doing uh, just other jobs to make, again, ends meet and to feed her sons and to take care of them with the, the basic essentials of life. Dr. Carson has written about this. I've read it. I've heard him talk about it. His mom would come home after 10 or 12 hours of work, doing the best she could to keep it together. Exhausted from a long day of work, exhausted from a long life of work, uh, exhausted from all that life was throwing at her. And, And instead of using her life situation to be the reason she couldn't invest in her kids, she would come home from work and the first thing she'd want to do is have her two boys come and give her their homework for the day. She would look at their homework. They'd slide it across the table. She'd take it. She'd look at it. She had a red pen, (laughs) he said, and she would pull out that red pen and look at what they had written and make marks and, and, and say, you need to fix this. And she would underline things and circle things and then give it back and tell them to do better. Dr. Carson said that his work ethic His drive to succeed, his drive to do better, came from his mom. A lady who took responsibility for the two young men that were in her life. Now, please understand this. The accomplishments of a man like Dr. Carson are because of his hard work, his extreme intelligence, and in so many ways. Because when his mother could have excused not giving her all to him and his brother... She stood up, she took responsibility, and she pushed him to to achieve more. Dr. Carson said he didn't learn until much later in life that his mom did not know how to read. (laughs) Think about that. She would ask to see their homework. They would give her their papers. She couldn't read those papers. But she would take them and then she would mark them and give them back, not because she could read what was there, but because she wanted to push them to do better. She was accepting responsibility for her part, the part that she could control. And because of that, she produced one of the great Americans of our time. I love that story. Personal responsibility is absolutely essential if you're going to move forward when your world is falling apart. And you're personal life, in your relationships, in your work life, in your community. What we need in our country is more personal responsibility. I want to give you four things very, very quickly that come as a result of personal responsibility. 
Personal responsibility, number one, provides perspective. When we have already decided we will be personally responsible for those things that we can control, it gives us a great perspective. You know what it says? It says, I am not a victim. I am not a victim. There are those who like to live with this victim mentality. Something has happened to them in their lives and they embrace that. They take it on as their identity. Someone who accepts responsibility, a winner, says, I'm going to not allow what happened to me to control me or to define me. I'm not a victim. Personal responsibility provides perspective, but the second thing it does is it offers freedom and clarity. Personal responsibility offers freedom and clarity. It says this, I do have control. When you're looking for someone else to blame, what you're saying is they control my life. I have no control. And there is no freedom when someone else has control over you. Personal responsibility says I I can't control everything, but I can control some of it. I can control my thing, and I'm going to do that. It gives me freedom. But it also says I can dream, I can plan, and I can execute. No one has taken that away from me. That's what personal responsibility does. You know what else it does? And this is so important in a family situation for sure. It builds trust and confidence. Trust and confidence. Personal responsibility uh, helps others to understand that you can be trusted when things get hard. Dad, you can be trusted when things get hard because when they have in the past, you've accepted responsibility and led your family well and your family will continue to follow. The same is true in a work setting or in a community setting, in whatever setting you find yourself in. If when things get hard and things go bad and they don't work out well, you accept responsibility, you distinguish yourself as someone who can be trusted. It builds trust and confidence. You know the last thing it does? Personal responsibility adds the right kind of pressure to your life. Wow. We need pressure. We all like the idea of sitting on a beach somewhere without any pressure. (laughs) Uh, Those are good. They're called vacations. We need to do those. But you know, in life, in order to move forward, particularly when things are bad or we feel like our world is falling apart, we need pressure. But we need the right kind of pressure. Personal responsibility puts the right kind of pressure on us. Again, it says, I am not responsible for everything, but I am responsible for my part, and that is maturity. I've said this before, and some disagree, but I'll say it again. When looking for solutions to problems, the immature look for someone to blame, while the mature ask, what can I do to make a change? The difference between maturity and immaturity is personal responsibility. It adds the right kind of pressure to your life because you are looking for opportunities to make a change. We are in a time in our history where we need people to stand up and say, I can't control everything. I can't control uh, a virus. I can't control politicians. I can't control uh, some of the bad things that have happened in the past. But what I can do right now is accept responsibility for my part and make a change. Do you want to move forward when life throws stuff at you that you did not expect? Take responsibility for your part and you will be amazed at what can be accomplished. Personal responsibility. Next week, 
we're going to consider the ideas of awareness versus solutions. And that's an exciting conversation as well. I hope that you'll join us. And I want to end this way as I do every week. Remember that when the bullets are flying, you only have two choices. You can march or you can die. And thankfully, you have the power to decide. We'll see you next week. This, this is my skyship dreamer. My cargo is stories, and our destination, dreams. With Abide Sleep Stories for Kids, you can help your children fall asleep fast and learn about God. To find these kids' bedtime stories, go to lifeaudio.com or search your favorite podcast app for Abide Stories for Kids. You can also download the Abide app for more biblical meditations at abide.com.